Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with super talented creative duo, Anna DeVise and Danielle Rueda. I realized that I definitely can't roll my R's, so Danielle, I'm very sorry about that. The two met and studied architecture together at the Polytechnic University of Valencia and are now full-time freelancing photographers. As a team, they have found an incredibly unique style that blurs the worlds of architecture, surrealism, and photography into one, using the environment and buildings around them as their canvases. Danielle and Anna have been able to travel the world working for an array of clientele. We walk through their creative process from getting a client in the door to delivering a single yet stunning work of art. And yes, I'm talking about they deliver one image at the end of their project. How rad is that? They have also caught the attention from companies like Netflix and Facebook and several more. So without further ado, I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Here is a conversation with Danielle Ruida and Anna DeVis. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Anna and Daniel, thank you so yep. much for hanging out with me. No problem. <laughs> and, and coming from uh, all the way across the world, Valencia, Spain right now. And I, I first also have to ask you guys, given the work that you guys put out and uh, your obsession with minimalism and uh, really distinct architecture, what does your home look like? Um, at this very moment, our home looks awful because, <laughs> because we are under a refurbishment at this moment. So everything looks uh, a little bit messy. Yeah. But, you know, when everything is done and there are no construction workers, our house is just uh, clean, minimal with very few objects. Yeah. But beautiful ones. Yeah, I love that. Well, and speaking of speaking of minimal again, so to give people an idea of uh, the work that you guys put out, you guys put out a very, very common type of photography, which is creativity-driven, minimalistic, architectural self-portraits. I think that everyone knows that style of photography. Not really, though, at all. That's the first time I've ever heard that term in that video you guys did with Adorama. Can you kind mm -hmm. of uh, boil down, like, in a nutshell, what that kind of photography is and what you guys try to capture? You know, it's, um, it's something that we were not looking for, definitely, but, you know, it happened because we are both architects and, of course, we love buildings, we love design, and we would love to share that interest and that passion using photography. But, you know, we, we usually find that architecture photographers have a very, mm, uh, you know, architect point of view. Yeah. So they are looking for details, abstract images, uh, things about the construction that are not so interesting to the common people. And, you know, we were more interested in finding humorous things, funny details, telling stories using those buildings uh, in a way that it's funny uh, to everyone else, not just architects. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, if, if people even are looking at your work right now while they're listening to this, you know, they'll see all the props you guys use, all the amazing negative space you guys really get to capture in these shots, all the colors. But you know, before, before it became what it is today and before it became, you know, like what you guys are working on currently, was there a time before the props were involved or, or, you know, 
kind of in the very beginning? Like, what did those first few shoots and setups look like? Were they kind of, you know, on a whim? Were they kind of just like right when you saw it, you do it before there was any preparation? Yeah, of course. Our work absolutely has evolved from the beginning. We were more spontaneous. It was it was our hobby because we love photography. But little by little, we were more picky and we were planning our shoots, uh, thinking new ideas. And, you know, these things just become crazy, buying props, buying uh, different clothes for for the settings. Yeah. So yeah, definitely there was a time that everything was easier than it is right now. <laughs> I'm sure the, the, the trash can behind your guys' place has the most insane props sometimes yeah. <laughs> just sticking out of it. So, so I, so Daniel, I'll start with you and then, and then I'll talk to Anna about it, but, uh-huh. but what, what's kind of the beginning of your architecture uh, journey, you know, kind of, kind of first when you got interested in and when you kind of took some action to make it happen. You know, actually, I, I, I never had, like, a passion for architecture. Like, I don't have a very, uh, you know, compelling story about how my father was an architect and I decided to follow his... No, no, no nothing like that. Yeah. And I think that actually was photography what led me into architecture, you know, because I was never very into taking pictures of people because I was, you know, very shy. Yeah. And, you know, for me, taking pictures of buildings, streets and the cities and everything around me besides people was the thing that I enjoyed the most. And maybe that interesting through photography uh, led me closer to architecture and then all the way back. Because when yeah. I was studying architecture and I was finishing, I realized that what I wanted to do was not design buildings, but taking pictures of buildings and you know, I think that was the whole journey. Yeah, and when when did you guys cross paths? Uh, in the university. <laughs> oh, nice. We we yeah we we studied. Um, I think it was in the third grade. We yeah, were in the same so. class, so it was a matter of time. Uh, we met each other because we were in the, into the same things, into creativity, photography, uh, movies. So yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> it happened and, naturally. Anna, when did when did your uh, you know passion for architecture or really just photography kind of start to start to happen for you? Yeah, so it started when I was a little girl because my parents used to wear window dressers, and as an only child, I've been a lot of time in their studio watching them like um, creating props with their own hands, and you know doing this artist artisan work yeah and i've always loved to draw and i was good at math and that's why i studied architecture but what i like the most about um, the degree was a creative part yeah and and when you guys first started you know getting together for for you know projects i'm sure before that like did you guys have any other ideas or or is this kind of the first thing that you guys tackled together as a couple um, I think photography was the first and the main one because yeah. it was the one thing that we had in common. I mean, for example, I enjoy doing, you know, some kind of designs or I really enjoy, I used to enjoy making websites and Anna is doing illustration on her side, but you know, I can't do that and she cannot do what the things that I do. And photography is the one thing that, that we have in common that we can both uh, add something to the mix. So, for example, everyone, each one of us has a different thing for photography. So, for Anna, 
is everything about uh, creativity and humor and thinking about concepts and how we can make something funny and appealing to people. While for me, it's more about the pixel perfect, the obsession with the geometry, the abstraction of the images, the minimalism or the technical part of the camera. And that's how our images come to be because the, those images have everything that I just told you. It's yeah, Images that are very technical, very geometrical, but at the same time, they are looking for something funny, for something that can be told, like a story to be told in one single frame. And when you guys first started putting these out, like just to give an idea of how long that's been, when did, when was the first, you know, kind of post that, that captured this style and, you know, how did you guys make the snowball effect happen? How, you know, how is the trajectory of, you know, getting as big as you guys have gotten? How, how did you guys go about that? Uh, we are looking at each other because we have we have no clue. Yeah. Uh, we don't know we don't know when this this happens. You know, it's something that uh, happens very organically and little by little. So it's uh, after months when you look back and you say, "Gosh, uh, this happened, right?" Yeah. But we don't know if there was something like. Uh, big moment or something like this it just happened little by little yeah well you know i feel like obviously your work is so so unique and that that is also you know a big thing too is you know when people come across this work chances are they've never seen it before they may have seen iterations kind of like it and that you know it seems familiar in a sense because it's so clean but uh there's something to be said for you know you guys found kind of your voice and a unique style like how you know, it's it. That's one thing you can't really teach. You can kind of, you know, let people guide them in the right. Or you can kind of guide people in the right direction. But you know, like how how would you guys explain to somebody how to kind of find a unique style and, and voice? Um, we we always try to think that uh, we live in a moment that everything is very visual and it's very easy to find inspiration. I think this is the best moment to find inspiration because you have. You know, you have Pinterest, you have Instagram, you have all these places where you are going to find uh, visual pleasure, so to speak. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to be uh, implied to imitate, to copy, to emulate something because you, you because you like it and it's a normal reaction. But at the same time, I think um, that's not the right path. I think the the right path and the most difficult one is to look inside yourself and the story that I just told you, how how Anna and I, we were not photographers. We were not studying photographers when we began doing this. We were architects. We were interested by buildings. And, and Anna was interested in design and illustration. And those key elements of our own story is what got through our photography. So we were not looking for that, obviously. But I can see a lot of people listening uh, listening to this and being like, oh, so... I'm really into cooking, so maybe I have that special in me and I can uh, have a voice in photography through my cooking and I can show how my my plates are special or, you know, anything like that. So we are always giving this, um, uh, this advice to look at your own story and your own background so that you can express yourself through that. And in our case, that is architecture and illustration. That's what we use in our images basically yeah and i couldn't agree more that you know if you have something else that that you're very educated on or, or is a passion for you as well other than photography 
to marry yeah. to marry those two is is huge. And a lot of people that you see that are doing you know super unique stylistic things in the space, a lot of the, a lot of the times like they have another aspect that they infuse into photography, which is so cool because like photography mm-hmm. can be you know this hub and and different branches can stem out of it. And I, I think it's really cool to you know try to find something else as well that you can you can marry with it. Um, so mm-hmm. so you know given given the success on Instagram. And also, I just have to ask you guys: Are you are you guys full time, one hundred percent, in this in this world right now of this this photography and working with clients? And this is all one hundred percent full time. Yes, we are. <laughs> it was scary <laughs> at the beginning, you know, freelancing. Yeah. But yeah, it's the best decision we ever done. Yeah. So th- when you guys made that decision, um, you know, I'm sure that you guys had to talk about it for a bit and and you know do that whole thing. Like what what were those conversations like? And and also like where were you guys in your careers when you made the jump to full time freelance? I think there was a lot of angry conversations like oh man i hate my job like, <laughs> yeah, we need more it, time sure. <laughs> we're so stressed about this project because i need to go to the uh, anna was working in an architecture studio uh, only in the mornings and we were like just like you know we are uh, losing so much time because of this and yeah she she pulled the plug because i was doing my thing so i don't ha- i i didn't have a boss at the moment but she she did and she pulled the plug and yeah, this is what we do now. Yeah. So, so what, <laughs> uh, what are, were some of those, uh, first client jobs that, that you guys started to do with this type of work? Do you remember? It was, it was very, it was very small work, like uh, very small brands asking, you know, I have this new product. Would you mind showing it to your followers on Instagram and doing a cute picture? You know, most of the, of the work that we receive in the beginning was not expecting the work that we would put out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they were just maybe just expecting like a, you know, a quick selfie or a quick photo with your phone. And we would come up with this campaign of images of, you know, trying to use the idea of the brand, the concept of the brand and uh, translate that into a picture that is, you know, appealing, that is funny, that is, you know, and I don't know, some small uh, projects like for, I remember, I think the very first one was for some sunglasses. And I don't know if we even took that project. I don't even remember right now. (laughs) So when you're delivering edits for or final images for these products and and these clients, are you essentially just narrowing it down to a few and there's only one select at the end of it? Or do you you select a handful and they kind of get to pick and choose which ones they want to use? Uh, you know, our job is, is pretty much uh, just one image always. It's wow. like, um, you know, uh, at the beginning of every project, we have the ideas, we have the brainstorming, we talk to each other, we try to come up with the concepts. Anna is drawing those ideas and those conversations and translating those thoughts into very simple but very uh, illustrative works and very uh, simple drawings. Yeah. And when we have our choice, when, when we have the concept narrowed down, it's like we're going for it because we know exactly what we want. So we have, you know, in that drawing, we have the, I don't know, the outfits, the color, the geometry, the position of the model, everything is planned out. So when we are shooting that image, we know exactly what we're looking for. So when we have it, when we see it on the frame, it's like we, okay, it's done. We you know, we don't offer several ideas because we already have the one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
That's amazing. And and that's this is coming from a photographer who usually will shoot a thousand to fifteen hundred photos, edit it down to a hundred, mm. and deliver like fifty. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know? that's a, that's a completely. Uh, I I always um you know for a time I, I was working with uh with another photographer. He was shooting weddings. Yeah. And when I did those projects, I would come home and I was already working with Anna in this creative photography, and I was like. Oh, that was the hardest job ever. Like, you know, because you have to shoot so much. You need to be so present. For sure. You know, and you, like you Mm -hmm. just said, you need to deliver a huge amount of images. So it's a completely different kind of photography job. And I wouldn't say it's easier. Like for me, it would be the toughest work, uh, toughest job in the world because you know, it's so much pressure. You need to be good all the time. You yeah. Know, for us, we can have a bad day. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but also too, like for, for you guys, I'm sure the, the focus level is, um, you know, is, is really highlighted because you guys need to be, you know, hyper-focused when it comes to organization and planning mm-hmm. and even the light, you know, cause I'm sure you guys shoot natural light most of the time, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100% of the time, because we we are always shooting in the streets. We say that the city is our playground. Yeah. So yeah, even though these pictures that look like um, like maybe in a studio, no, no, they are in the street. <laughs> yeah, and and so how much of that is done in your own backyard, and and how much is you know location scouting and finding places in other countries. Uh, it's half, half, I guess. I mean, when we are in the city, when we are in Valencia, we are all the time like paying attention to the walls we, we yeah. see. And of course we are, we are keeping them in a folder to come back later if we have an, an idea. Yeah. And absolutely. When we travel, we have to do a lot of work before, at, um, <laughs> taking the plane because of course we don't have time to think ideas, to look for locations. I mean, we have to do half of the work before traveling. Yeah. And, you know, we, on our end, we see, you know, one picture that, you know, we no, no one will understand how much work really goes into that, I'm sure, unless they do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But what what does the back end look like for you guys? Like, what's the day-to-day, you know, what's the workflow to, to capturing these images? Uh, the workflow is messy. That's the best <laughs> word it, to It's always messy. It. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean... The way we, we express it and the way we describe it, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But, you know, we are always running from one place to the other because everything is very, you know, like any creative process, it's very difficult to be calm and relaxed. It's it's more like impulse. Yeah. So, but, but basically when we have an idea and we have everything drawing, uh, you know, our work is mainly... Um, Two things, location and idea. So if we have the idea, we need the location. So either we look for it or like Anna told you, she, uh, we have a folder with different locations that we think could be interesting, but we don't have an idea for that. So it's like an, it's like a very nice relation between those two because, you know, if we have a great idea but don't have the location, we have nothing. If we have a great location but don't have the idea, it's the same thing. And once we have everything... We have to, you know, go there and usually we have props. We have things that we need to build. Yeah. 
we try to make this as fast as, as we can because because we are working with natural light and not any kind of light. Like we are always looking for the the shadow light, like the one that is happening when the sun is about to go down, the one that is very soft, very uh, homogeneous. I don't know how, how would I say that. And, you know, that that's basically the light that we're looking for, the one that is very soft. And that lasts maybe like half an hour. So yeah. we always have to be very quick about everything. Yeah, because Valencia is super sunny. <laughs> if mm. I mean, maybe you don't know, but Valencia is quite like LA. Oh, and yeah. it's always sunny. There's always good weather. So, yeah, we have to be patient or go for uh, like run. And do everything quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I'm actually. I was. I was born in Valencia, California. So, oh. although very, very opposite places, uh, it, Valencia. It's like brother Cal- from another mother. <laughs> I know exactly, but you guys are a much cooler Valencia for sure. But it's it's sunny out there and blue skies, and I can't imagine, you know, like having soft light ever, even in LA. Um, but like you guys are saying before, like I'm sure that there's some days where. You know, like if the weather is not good and it's not going to, you know, produce what you guys have drawn up, like you guys have to kind of sit on that for a day or two. Yeah, that's basically, it is what it is. I mean, and some days we have everything very planned out and we have very delicate thing that we put up and we are doing everything very carefully. And then you have a windy day and everything goes to, you know, goes goes back. So, yeah, th- th- those days are the worst. When you're fighting with the weather, there's nothing you can do. You just wait and wish for the best. Yeah. Oh, that's all. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's that's tough. You gotta, you know, you gotta really plan that out. Um, yeah. So when when it comes to work outside of Instagram. Like what, Mm -hmm. what kind of client work do you guys do? I mean, I know I definitely want to talk about this Netflix job that you guys have done, but like other than the Netflix one, which we'll get into, like, when did you guys kind of start seeing either your work published in, in, you know, print, uh, maybe on some different sites and publications? Like when did that start happening? Um, it's something that, um, it has always been a, a mixture of everything. It's like, we have a lot of projects that are built for Instagram, it's like they want you to be your own platform. Like they want you to do that project and also share that. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, we we don't really mind as soon uh, as long as we are happy with with what we did. And some of the projects they don't need that. They just want the creativity. They just want the images. So, yeah. for example, we we were just doing a project in, in in Paris for a fashion brand, and we were in charge of the art direction, the production, the the taking of those images, yeah. the editing of everything. And there was no need for us to to share that. But, you know, we are happy with what we did. So so why not? Why not share that? And and I think it's an it's, it's an interesting part of, of what we do. It's not only creating the, the work for us, but also for our brand. I, and what I mean by that is that for us working with clients or working with brands is not something uh, to be quote-unquote ashamed of you know what i mean it's like right. the, the clients that we work with and the pro the, the the images that we come up when we're working with brands we're super proud of them and most of the times those images are our favorites and we 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 believe that that should be the way it's like for example when we think about um you know great photographers like rodney smith which is i think one of our favorites for me personally, the best job, the best works of him were the ones that he was doing for BMW, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so, so beautiful images of cars, so creative, so elegant, and it was just an ad. But for me, that was a work of art. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting aspect of a photographer that not many other artists can do. Are you guys more of the say yes to everything type of <laughs> type of people? Or is it more, let, let me be selective and let's only work with what feels right and what we want to do? Yeah, we, we are we are really selective, but uh, when we think that a project is interesting, even though we don't know how we are going to do it, we say yes. For example, we did one, uh, actually we, we did two with Facebook, nice. and they told us, oh, you are a yes people. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really, you know, but it was yeah. so challenging that we say yes, because the first one was a video, this vertical video, because they were a campaign for stories and the second one was an installation for Cannes from the, for the festival and it was crazy because it was like oh my god it's an installation how are, we, how are we going to do that but they wanted to create uh, our own imaginary in real life so we say yes <laughs> when you guys kind of sit together and, and try to figure out what you do and what you don't want to do are you guys usually on the same page is it is it different because a lot of photographers work you know just themselves so like how have you guys kind of like you know had this workflow together and and you know what does that look in those types of conversations if like one of you really wants to do a gig and the other one kind of thinks that it might not be right i think we're always in the same page that's yeah. actually a very good question <laughs> but for some reason we like uh, most of the times i know what anna is, is going to think and i'm pretty sure she knows all the time what i'm thinking about a particular project <laughs> or a particular client and the same thing with the ideas. It's like we, you know, because even though we are two, most of the times we need to create just one image. Yeah. And, but you know, there's only one idea. There's only, there's one thing we need to be, uh, you know, we need to agree. Yeah. And because Anna is the one drawing, when we see the drawing that is going to be the image, we both know. And, you know, you, you just know it because you are seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's something we are just playing. It happens the same with pictures. Uh, of course, we have everything planned and we know what we are going to shoot, but we end up shooting like 400 pictures, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always the same. But when we see the image, we know it's this one. And it's weird because we both agree. So we kind of have this connection and it's very easy to work together. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and when did the uh, when did the Netflix job get brought up to you guys or, or get approached to you guys and and what does that you know what did that job look like? Um, I, we've we've worked with them in several occasions. I mean, there was this one project. The later one was for the the OA yeah. the second season, and uh, you know they invited a bunch of photographers from all around the world to to shoot some promotional artistical images of the set to you know to advertise the second season but the other project was even even more crazy because this one was already crazy because they took us all the way to LA which for us is crazy you know yeah. we're from Spain we've never been there but the other one was um, was also with Netflix was to travel all around the world in different places different locations uh, to shoot uh, places where different series of Netflix had happened 
So, you know, for example, for Doctor Who, we had to go to London or Radcliffe, uh, I remember. Nice. For, Cardiff. For it Marco was Cardiff. Po- <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the one. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> for example, for Marco Polo, we had to go to Venice. I think it was for Marco Polo. You know, and I think there was like seven or eight. And we were like in, in Paris also. And all of that in the span of just seven days. Oh my gosh, so that's crazy. It was complete madness. That's yeah, insane. That, that was a crazy project. It almost yeah. feels it like was, half it was, of that it was jet lag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that crazy that uh, I also had to drive in Ireland. So, you know, in, in the UK, they drive the opposite way. And for me, it was crazy. So all, all the trip was an adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so unreal. So uh, like at the end of the... At the end of that campaign, what did they end up doing with with all your work? And they were using it for, I think, also for you know, social media channel. And I think there were also three three other photographers from other countries. Yeah. So and you know, and everyone had a different series and different series. So it's like they were covering a lot of series, a lot of countries. I remember uh, a friend of ours, Kim was also going to Tunisia. I mean, it, w- it was a crazy project. Like, now I think about it and I don't even know how we did <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, because the idea was to shoot images in places where different series had happened. So you could relate, you know, the vibe of the atmosphere of the location, how it translated to the series with our pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, kind That's of interesting so cool. project. It, freelance is funny. Uh, it's just funny how, yeah. you know, like you can be doing one thing one month and the next month you can be, you know, going from country to country in seven days yeah. with Netflix. Yeah. Like it's just, it's crazy how things like that happen. Um, and, and you guys are, are you currently doing a teachable course right now or, or did you guys do it and, and it's available online? Yeah, I mean, it's something mm, quite new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've been uh, lately giving some talks with We Adore. We, we absolutely love to talk. <laughs> In Spanish, it's easier for us, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have an online course uh, where you can learn our workflow. And we, we try to uh, teach people how to get inspired and how to find their own way, you know, because creativity is a language and everyone has its own accent. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if we can share it or... <laughs> well, no, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely mean, share absolutely. it in the, Everybody's in the invited. Yeah, how do, you, how, do people, how do people find it? Uh, it's in Spanish, but um, they will add subtitles next month, I think. Nice. So there will be subtitles in English and also in Portuguese. <laughs> and is, is that on, is it domestica.org right there? Is that how to find it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Domestica is a huge platform where you can learn absolutely anything. I mean, it's a big platform and our course is there. Awesome. So I also wanted to ask you guys, if Instagram fell off the map, tomorrow if that platform just stopped ceased to exist there's no more of it like what what are some things that you guys would do to keep you know to keep everything happening to keep client workflow the same to keep deal flow going like it, you know just to kind of give people an idea of, of how to how to get work and how to like spread you know your creativity past instagram so in the unlikely event of that happening. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which I hope it never does. Yeah. But, you know, 
we were just talking the other day about how we live in a very visual moment. Like, you know, everyone is getting so good at, at photography. And I really mean it. Like, if you see kids nowadays, you know, at 12 years old, taking pictures of, you know, themselves and their friends, and everyone's taking so great images, you know, with the DSLR, with the iPhones, everything looks good. You know, if I had to look at the pictures that I was taking when I was 12, yeah. you know, I'll be horrified. <laughs> So I, I think the visual culture is getting better and better. But at the same time, because of that, we are seeing the same images all the time. It's like when yeah. you go to a place, you know, because everyone's taking pictures and because everyone is getting better at, at taking the same pictures, we kind of get to see the same thing over and over again. So what, I, what I'm trying to get is that we need creativity in every field, and photography is no different. I mean, you need different voices, new voices that they can show and they can say different things. So, you know, if Instagram was not there, we we would be doing the same thing, right. which is doing a different thing each time, thinking new ideas, trying to come up with, you know, a different way to approach architecture and design and the things that we that we love and what we always say is that we do what we do because we can help it. It's like, um, you know, if I was not getting paid, it would be my hobby and now right. I'm getting paid, but it is my hobby and my job at the same time. So I don't really see the problem, but I don't want Instagram to go. So please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it won't, but yeah, I mean, yeah, finding, you know, finding that hobby that, that you love and that you would do for free and that you do do mm. for free, like, you know, why not build a world and a lifestyle around that? Like, I'm such a big advocate about that, you know? And, like, mm. our, our hobbies mm. are, you know, yours is architecture and photography, mine's photography, and it, it just, mm. it makes sense. And, and once you can, you know, kind of make that jump into freelance and, and rip that Band-Aid off, you know, there's there's a lot that, that you can do beyond that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, can you can you let people know uh, how to find you guys on Instagram and then your uh, your teachable course through Domestica? Um, so, well, there's two of us. So here's Daniel, and you can find me looking for Daniel Rueda or just at D R C U E R D A because it's a little bit different sounding in Spanish, so I wouldn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> and Anna, how about you? Well, I'm also Aniset on Instagram with two ends. And yeah, actually, the course is in, in our bios. So just go there and click. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I cannot wait to see what you guys do next. And uh, and yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll chat another time, hopefully. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. <laughs> That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that episode with Danielle and Anna. Had a great time talking to them. And yes, I'm serious. I grew up in Valencia. They grew up in Valencia. What's the difference? Am I right? Big difference. Uh, Thank you guys very much for coming on. Thank you for listening. You can find us at Darkroom. You can find me at Dane Diener. And we will see you next week.